This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too, and so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about travel and ways that women or men can prepare themselves for when they're in a foreign environment. And I know this is something that you've taught a class on. So maybe you could start mm-hmm. with um, why these situations are different and what, you know, what people can do to prepare themselves when they're in a foreign country. I think what happens so often when we travel is... You know, I mean, I'm kind of an enthusiastic traveler. I I really don't like doing a lot of research on the places that I visit because I just like to discover when I'm there. That is great as far as adventure and discovery and having good stories to tell goes, but um, that can also put us sometimes into danger because we don't know the culture. We don't know um, how what we think is a very normal action may be interpreted as something else. So, for example, when I moved to Paris, um, I didn't know that if you stare back at somebody who's staring at you intently on this metro forever, that that's actually an invitation to follow you home. So, right? I mean, I've invited a lot of people. <laughs> I know you're right, like, oh my god, that explains that crowd of men outside my door. Yeah. So, it, but it's you know, I mean, and it changes everywhere you go. And I think also, especially for, I think this happens to all travelers. But again, women tend to be more vulnerable because people don't expect women to know how to protect themselves. Sometimes people take advantage of tourists and tell them, well, but this is how we do things in our country. And they use that as an excuse, especially if they see you're the kind of traveler who likes to try and integrate or at least get a slightly deeper experience than your, you know, club med vacation. We're also getting a lot of information that we've never seen before, so we don't have the same focus, which is both good and 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 detrimental sometimes. Um, and also, if you're a if you're a sensitive traveler, you're also going to be very worried about offending the locals, which I think is probably a bigger concern for women um, than it might be for men just because we're so socialized to not offend anybody ever anyway. So all of these things together can make for really exciting travel experiences and also really vulnerable moments. Yeah, like you're really describing me, like my experience with travel where um, this sign thing is interesting because I used to think when I would arrive in a new country, that's why I was so tired is because... It's like your brain is taking in all this new information Mm -hmm. and even, you know, I don't know the percentage, but that your brain is taking in more than you even comprehend, especially in a new country, because Mm -hmm. there's all these, these, there's new sounds, there's new smells, um, and even a new language can be a huge distraction. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also this idea of not wanting to offend locals. So I can even think of experiences that I've been in where I talk to someone too long or I give, you know, I give a little more information away than I would want to because I don't want to appear, I don't want to look scared, you know, or uncertain. And sometimes that makes me vulnerable, I think, because I'm, I come off as too open. 
Yeah, we have a, a, and I'm going to try not to go off topic on this, but you raise a really important point, which is we often, whether we're traveling or in our daily lives, we think, I don't want to appear scared. Because because that makes me vulnerable because people will take advantage of it. Or I know that they want me to be scared and I don't want to give in to that. So I'm going to put on this face that I'm brave, that they're not scaring me. This is an approach that we've somehow been socialized with regarding humans that doesn't really make sense, if you think about it logically. It makes a lot of sense, you know, don't show fear, basically. That makes a lot of sense um, around rabid dogs, Right. Probably not actually rabid dogs. I don't know. But but dogs, definitely, you know, certain wild animals don't show fear. They'll attack you. Humans are not wild animals. It's not you show fear and then they attack you. You know, if someone wants to hurt you, if they want to pick your pocket or hurt you in some way, that's what they want to do. It's not what you are inviting in. Right. They've made that decision. You've had nothing to do with it. But when we Um, try to protect ourselves by not showing fear, we then will overcompensate with providing too much information, with, you know, being a little friendlier than we might be in our home country because we don't want to offend at the same time, even though we might be terrified, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a notion that um, I think is worthwhile examining for each of us. You know, it's you can show fear. It's totally okay. Do it. A woman took my travel cl- class and um, and asked me a really great question. She was traveling in Morocco, I want to say, and just kind of through the windy little streets and stuff, and suddenly she realized she was being followed by a bunch of men. And she did that same thing. Like, I didn't want to show fear. You know, she had a backpack and she was, she was great. She really started thinking strategically. She thought, you know, I can leave the backpack is a little bit heavy, but there's nothing in here that, um, that I really need to survive so I can drop it and, and keep running and that'll be fine. Her question to me was, when should I run? What, at what point do you run if you feel like you're being followed? And my answer is to her and everyone else immediately, immediately. One of the things that people who do want to hurt other people are counting on is you thinking, I'm not going to show fear, which keeps you in that same situation longer, that you're showing fear. I'm sorry. Nobody is that good of an actor or actress. Right. You know, you're absolutely showing fear and they're probably getting off on it. What they're not expecting you to do is run right away. Just run. It's okay. Nobody's keeping score. Nobody cares. You know, they do care. People do care about you. You care about you. You run and get yourself safe. I love that advice because it's something even in Berlin I've had to remind myself. I used to on the train, like if I got um, too close to someone, I'm like, I have a huge aversion to drunk men, especially where I'm like, I find them really unpredictable and scary. But what I used to do is if someone was next to me who I felt threatened by, like I wouldn't move because of this exact thing where I'm like, well, I don't, it wasn't even that I didn't want to offend them. I just didn't want to create a scene. And it was, I almost felt like if I move, that means I'm acknowledging them. I'm like acknowledging that I don't want to be around them. And that might be provocative in another way. And so I would stay close and I would put up with things that I, you know, normally would find really 
scary, but I, I did it for a long time. And like, now I just, I really do have this new mantra. It's just like, get away because there's like no reason to be sitting there and putting up with it. Well, a lot of people, and I think this is across cultures because it's a human thing rather than a cultural thing is there are certain humans somewhere on that sociopathic spectrum, um, who really enjoy hurting other humans emotionally, physically, whatever it is. And they don't expect you, they expect you to um, subscribe to the social contract. Part of the social contract that we all subscribe to is not to offend other people. And sometimes that means like, you know, you don't get up and move away from someone just because they have a different skin color or because they're wearing fun, like in Berlin, they're wearing really funky clothes, you know, or even sometimes if it's a homeless person, I've done this where like, you know, you, you get up and you move away from a homeless person because, because they just smell really pungently and you feel bad about it at the same time because you know that you're moving away from another human and, and that's, that's, it's hurtful. But people who like to hurt other people are counting on you. One of the things they're doing is testing you to see how much will you adhere to the social contract that I can now take advantage of. So instead of you getting up and moving away, you sit there and you're like, no, I'm not going to let it bother me. You know, I'm, I don't want to provoke. I don't want to let them know. But they already know. They already know. So get up and move away. And that's really in any country. Um, with travel specifically, I think we sometimes we're, we're really, it, it, travel is weird, you know, because you're like focused on everything around you, but you're also sort of focused on yourself. How do I keep track of all the crap on my backpack and this, that, and the other thing? There's so many things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different things going on. And I think some of it is reapproaching the way that we're moving through the world in those situations. So let's say you have a really big backpack. Well, if you think of that backpack as actually just being a part of your body, then you're not so separated from like trying to keep an eye on everything behind you, but understanding that this is part of my body and you can use it, move with it as though it's a part of your body. You can use your backpack as a weapon if you need to. Right? There are incidents I've heard of where people have a really, really heavy pack on and someone comes up from behind and then yanks them over. And then they wind up, you know, like on the oh street, like a beetle, like a, like a beetle. Um, which is also horrible. And you can't get out of the backpack. And what do you do? You can't lift your knees up to go into a fetal position, but you can rock over. Mm. You know, it's not an ideal situation, but you can, in no way situation is ideal. You know, you sort of have to do the best you can. Right. Well, now I'm thinking this could be a much longer episode, yeah. but are, what would you like, what do you cover in this course basically, as far as, um, whether it's, um, learning to familiarize yourself with a new environment or having these specific kinds of moves that are relevant in a travel situation. Are there any other things that you like to teach people about self-defense in travel? Um, yeah, the what I like to focus on is it's certainly using the things that you have as weapons like your backpack, learning to move with that with because you're also your center of balance is shifted with a backpack. So learning to move with that. We we work with like sort of fake backpacks to figure that out. Um learning how to read a situation um because there is a threat of terrorism in the world and we also need to be pay attention to that. Um, what does that look like? Well, so what that looks like is um, what's normal and what's not normal. You know, 
let's say, for example, I go to China and I go to a Starbucks or I go to any tea house in China. What do people do at a tea house? They drink tea, right? They drink tea, they chat with each other, they read books, maybe they write in a notebook. Same thing at Starbucks, pretty much only it's tea. So if everybody's doing normal things, then the situation is normal and it's okay. But if one person is doing something really weird or a little weird, but any, whatever it is, it's attracting my attention and it's giving me a funny feeling. I need to pay attention to that. I do have to ask myself, is this a cultural difference or is this an actual threat? Sometimes if it's something that's, if it's something that's like blatantly weird and nobody else is paying attention to it, then okay, that's a cultural difference. But if no one else seems to notice because that person is being a little shady, but you just happen to catch it, that's probably something you might want to pay attention to and at least get yourself safe. Whether it's an actual terrorist act or not, you don't know, but there's no real reason to risk finding out. Right. So you're in this situation, just remove yourself as best you can from potential threats. And it sounds like, um, just having a more heightened awareness is, you know, of like your space and your body and anything else really. Right. Heightened awareness and, and also paying attention to the thoughts and the questions that you're asking yourself in the moment. Um, if you're questioning like, you know, why is this taxi driver taking me on all these different routes? This doesn't, you know, I maybe we all know we've had this experience as, as travelers, right? Where you get into a taxi and suddenly they've taken you on like a grand tour of the city because they want to make some extra money. You get it when that's happening. But when it's like little side streets and you're thinking this isn't, this isn't, why are we going this way? Why am I asking the question? Right. If I'm asking the question, this is an alarm and I right. need to pay attention to that. And then I need to start thinking about how to get out of there. Right. Okay. Was there anything else you wanted to add on this topic? Um, the only other thing that I focus on, not the only other thing we focus on, but also an important thing to focus on as we do in the travel workshop is, um, um, you know, parties, party travel, you know, staying at hostels and um, the people who are just going to Thailand or or Greece or, you know, festivals or wherever it is and getting really drunk or really high and using those drugs as an excuse to behave in a violent fashion, especially sexually. You know, people get raped, people get violated in a million different ways. Um, They are in these situations with a level, going into it with a level of trust you know, I trust staying at this hospital that nobody here is going to rape me. And then something happens because someone else is going, ha ha, I'm going to take advantage of this situation. So it's also how to defend yourself when you wake up in a hostel and somebody's on top of you um, in a tent at a festival when someone pretends like, oh, I'm fucked up and I accidentally unzipped the wrong tent, but not really accident, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think addressing these issues of sexual aggression that is covered under the like, you know, oh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of right. stuff. Um, because nobody's entitled to that just because you're on vacation. Right. And just because you as the traveler happen to get drunk, that's not an invitation. No. And we're going to have a whole episode about um, drug and alcohol use and, mm-hmm. Um, sort of awareness around that. So 
Yeah, that's I mean, it's obviously an intro because there's so much to talk about with with travel. But um, I think that's a really great summary of like just things to think about before a trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.